Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. Tonight, in this evening of main events, the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen join forces as Ric Flair and the Giant battle against Macho Man Randy Savage and the immortal Hulk Hogan. They have already made their mark. They are public enemies. They'll meet the Nasty Boys. The Mexican heavyweight title is on the line. Conan takes on the wild and unpredictable psychosis. Tagging up our Sting and Lex Luger versus the Blue Bloods, plus a match made in heaven. You are invited to attend the wedding of Sherry and the Colonel. Tonight, live from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, World Championship Wrestling and TBS present Clash of the Champion. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Nitro review, Clash of I the like Champions. Classic, you said. Classic. Re- oh, yeah. <laughs> I never even planned that. Oh, that's what it's going to be. Well, you've gone way down on my estimations now. I definitely now planned that. Now hiring. <laughs> oh no, not again. Classic review. It is because it's the classic review. Yeah. Because it's Clash of the Champions. An hour and forty of gold from 1996. <laughs> Let me tell you all that. Define Jesus. gold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely gold in colour, but I think mm. the closer you get to it, the the more you see like the bubbled up shitty spray paint. <laughs> it might even be like that hairspray you get that you kind of wash out rather oh. than actual spray paint. They've just kind of it's our come first, right in. It's it's our first dabbling of the spray painted gold that is Clash of the Champions. It's a it's certainly it's certainly a night. It is a night. It's a night that happened. Mm. Yep. Do you remember now, as a WCW kid, did you get Clash of the Champions? I don't remember, man. I, I remember mm. we would get like certain weeks would be like cut down episodes for no reason. Certain weeks would be like if it was post pay per view, you'd get obviously you'd have like your pay per view recap in Nitro, but sometimes you'd get like a little trim down thing that got kind of tacked on to the start of it. But it, yeah. Yeah, because it, it was a TBS TV special. Yeah. Uh, in this particular occasion, it was done to sort of try and stick it in the eye of the WWF. Yeah. They were running the Royal Rumble that same period. Yeah. But, and they and they just whacked up the price of the Rumble as well. And, and this was a free event. This was the whole thing was WWF are charging more for their product. And WWF, if you go and meet the stars, will charge you $15 a photo. And if you want to hold one of the belts, you got to pay for it. Uh, and they, they did this whole 
little crusade for two weeks on WCW TV of like, but we're on top of the world and and we love our fans, so we're never going to charge you for anything. Mm -hmm. So Clash of the Champions is free. Don't 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 ask about any more of the pay per view events moving forward because they are still going to cost money. But Clash of the Champions is free and it's a special. It's a pay per view quality special. Mm. It's like when they put Starcade on the network, isn't it? Basically, is yeah, what it's, we've it's a got big here. big house show with slightly more repercussions. It's a house show with extra steps. <clears throat> yeah. And we're here to talk you through it. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, with the resident WCW kid, Sam Driver. Does anyone have a portfolio anymore? I mean, I think they must. So, like, Not even like a physical one anymore. Because I, I got asked, somebody asked me the other way, it's like, do you have a showreel? And it's like, I've not had a showreel since oh. like... 2013? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's weird. I haven't, like, I, I used to do radio demos. I used to put together demos. I haven't done one yeah. of those in a long, old time. Yeah. Uh, that was a thing that happened back in the day. <coughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess no one does. They all eat or e Even calling it an e-portfolio sounds old. It's like when you, I, I don't know, like, I remember there was a trend when I was leaving uni that it was like, instead of saying that you have, like, five years' experience using Adobe Premiere, how about... You do a little like circle pie chart that that like like a power up on a video game, and like out of one to ten, you put a number and you make a fun little graphic. And it was like, why am I wasting all my time doing this? <laughs> just to It'll make look it look great. like and you had like, more oh, in your like, arsenal. Than no, you no, did. just to make you look creative. And it's uh, like, do you not think it's funny that we're all going to have the exact same CV after this? Mm-hmm. And this was done for like originality and creativity, but whatever. Yeah, let's all have the same <laughs> graphics. And what's your tattoo say? Individual. Why'd you get that? Well, my mates have got one. It's that old thing, isn't it? Is yeah, that... it's like being a non-conformist with other non-conformists, <laughs> non-conforming in a similar fashion together, but non-conformally. Did you have a non-conforming weekend? Uh, no, I conform pretty heavily to uh, some sunshine drinks. Nice. And then, uh, then just essentially melted. Melted some more, melted some more. I had two fans on the go last night oh. within like feet of me, like just blasting at me. And it was just hot air. Just I had every window air. in the building open, just hot air, no breeze. I was just sat there. And then, I, you know, I had, to, I had to do shit. Like I couldn't just be sat there doing nothing. So TV's on, mm. which generates a lot of heat. And PC was on, which generates a lot of heat. And then I'm just sat there dying. I think I just kept making ice all day. <laughs> That's all I did for the last three days is just make ice. I know we've all talked about the weather and stuff, but my God, last night in particular, intolerable. Brutal. Like I, Brutal I slept nicely. curtains curtains open, window open, on top of the bed, fan blasted off me. I think I just stepped into a freezing cold shower before bed and then just lay with the fan on to try and cool myself down. <laughs> just, I think at one point I tried to lie on our... Uh, veranda balcony yeah and it was incredibly uncomfortable but i thought if it's cooler it's worth it oh, but it wasn't even wasn't even no i didn't oh, have man. a hammock sadly i'd literally lay on the lay on a towel on the balcony and i was like it's no warmer it's, or cool there's no cooler out here my new place has got like because it, it's in like an older building mm. uh so like part of the older building which you can't get to is a massive 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 patio raised up garden area that you can't access. What? And I was just sat there the entire weekend looking at that like, at least there'd be a breeze out there. 
I'd be no better off. I'd be sweating like hell, but at least there'd be a breeze out there. I want to be Although, where the patio is. I went to Tesco yesterday because it was like it was so hot. I was like, I, I'm gonna get like a couple of Magnas or something. Gonna hang out. In so Tesco. I, I went and got some like fruit. Just got some nice like sunny day stuff. Got a couple of ciders. Uh, but the second I stepped into that Tesco, mate, it was like heaven. It, all the freezers were on full blast. I just sauntered around Tesco and spent like 20 quid I didn't need to spend. <laughs> like, well, I'm an earlier washing tabs. I've got 20 left. I'll just put these in the basket and slowly walk around some more and just open in the freezers for even more cold. It was great. It Sam, was really Sam busy. Was moved on like an hour later <laughs> for falling asleep in the freezer. In the freezer section. Like Jasper. <laughs> That's the way to do it yeah. when it's when it's too stupidly bloody hot. And I know you've heard a lot of English people complaining about the heat, but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing that I think our our friends over the pond forget is that here in the UK, it's traditionally bloody cold, right? Cold, wet, sometimes fucking snowy and thundery. Yeah, that's what I like. So that's what I like. That's great, isn't it? And, and it's like I, I would happily live in New Zealand, slightly better summers, slightly colder winters. I would happily live in Scandinavia, certain places, slightly better summers, much colder winters. I love being cold. It's nice. I, as a bigger guy, I love being cold. Because you can do more about it. Yeah, you can put fucking layers on. You can't take your flesh off when it's too warm outside. Believe me, I tried yesterday. I, I think, you know, but people live in so many different climates. So, I mean, Christ, down south, they got to, what, 42 degrees? Yeah. Which, I think I rolled over at one point, it was 38 in my living room. And I was like, I am done. But this is I'm the problem. Done. I couldn't be indoors in like 42 degrees. Could you imagine? No, because our homes are designed here in the UK. To retain heat. To retain heat because yeah. it's so cold. So yeah. therefore, like my home did a bang up job yesterday of retaining heat. The best <laughs> job of retaining heat. Well done, home. You retained my the, all the heat. My bedroom has Fucking one hell. openable window. So it's got like a big three-bit window, but only the middle bit's openable. Uh, and because it's on the top floor of the building, it just gets beaten down on it all day by the sun. So regardless of whether you have the windows open or not, mm. and the bathroom's got like one of those Velux windows, I just had that fully open, <laughs> just like, get in, get in as much as you can. Uh, it just bakes... So, like, the entire thing, you go upstairs, it's been open all day. You maybe before bed got to put the fan on by the open window just to cool it down a bit. No, it was still, like, walking into an oven. It was... Jesus. Hoping by now we will have some people of those thunderstorms that we no, I've not heard. I've not heard now. It's oh. going to get clammy before it gets thundery. <laughs> I believe that was a song in the 90s. <laughs> uh, we are going to go back to the 90s now to dissect Clash of the champions from ja from January 1996. Now, um, it was probably a nice two degrees over here. Celsius. It probably was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it the, great, that. northeast. It was probably two degrees. Yeah, nice and chill. Nice little, nice, a lot of ice. You you were defrosting the car before oh. you headed out the morning of this show. That's what you want. Roll That's around it. in it. Wake yourself up. That's it. That's what you yeah. want in it. Now this show is recorded literally the day after. It's live the day after Nitro. Yeah. So nothing in the world has changed. <clears throat> There's no new wrestling news and bollocks. So we're just going to dive straight in to Clash of the Champions from the night after Nitro that you just we just talked about last week. But don't worry, we're not just going to jump straight in. We're going to have about five minutes of shite at the start oh, first. Oh, of because course! Because we need to preload the show with, with everything that's going to be on the show. So in no particular order, except the order they were said, you essentially had 
A bit of bump about how magical tonight's going to be from Mike Tanay and um, was it Mike Tanay or was it, it was Tony Schiavone, Tony and Schiavone Bobby and Bobby Heenan just kind of like buddying up and oh it's Vegas and oh you know what that means and oh it's amazing and then very quickly devolves into hey the Road Warriors are back and Elizabeth is back and also there's going to be a wedding uh, Jean's allowed out of the house he's going to cover the <laughs> wedding and, yeah. yeah so after Tony and Bobby welcome us to the night. Uh, we head to where Mean Gene is stationed tonight. Bless him, they've let him off the ramp. Uh, he <laughs> is outside a little white chapel in Las Vegas. Not just a little white chapel, the little white chapel. I thought Tom. it was called a little white it chapel. It probably is. But, but it's the it, it's, a little white chapel. Yeah, it's like the one. I think anybody else who tries that shtick gets sued into the ground. Ah, yeah. that whole thing. <laughs> that is where Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry are going to get married tonight. The biggest wedding in the history of wrestling. We'll tell you one thing. They would not take me and Ross for a wedding, the little white chapel. Would they not? No, it would have cost like five, six times more. <laughs> oh, shizer. <laughs> Jeez. So where did you end up getting married? Uh, the Westgate Casino. Westgate Casino. I can't remember the name of the chapel, but it was at the Westgate Casino. There you go. So we're going to put a little blue plaque up there next time we're in Vegas. They should, yeah. It was opposite the nondescript Raiders NFL shop before it was confirmed the Raiders were moving to Vegas. They just had this massive, in nearly all of the casinos, this massive shop just selling Raiders stuff, <laughs> but without Oakland on it and without Las Vegas. So just, just Raiders, kind of like Albuquerque in The Simpsons. I like the idea that the team would have been called the Nondescript Raiders. <laughs> Go Nondescript! Uh, so it, so the, the the venue that was too expensive for Ross and Sam will host the wedding later on. Uh, Gene throws us back to the arena. Uh, it's going to be a busy night, as we've already said. Uh, we've got Hogan and Savage versus Flair and the Giant. Uh, Hogan and Savage have their secret weapons in their corner. Yes. Kevin Green from off of the Super oh, yeah, Bowl this weekend. Kevin Green as well. Big boy Kevin Green. And the returning to wrestling, the debuting for Dubsy Dub, Miss Elizabeth. What did they say? Did they say a full decade or half a decade? I can't remember when it a was. A decade. A decade. I think it's a decade of destruction. No, it would have been half no, a decade. No, half a decade, yeah. Half a decade. It's been a long time since we've seen Miss Elizabeth. So everyone's excited to see what she looks like these days. Mm. Uh, the Road Warriors, as you say, also teased tonight. But we've got tag team action of a different kind straight off the bat. It's the public enemy taking on the nasty boys. This is... Uh certainly something they are, wow. you know you go into an event you want to start strong mm -hmm. there is no stronger start than public enemy versus the nasty boys at clash at the champions 1996 we get a short video of rocker rock and johnny grunge hanging around <laughs> in a junkyard next to you can't hear a cars. fucking word they're saying weird it's just that was. Blah, 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 while their music's piped in over the top <laughs> cuts to the <laughs> ramp where rock and grunge are walking to the ring with their music piped over weird bit that one Nasty boys representing Pity City See, on their way out. I'd forgot, and I, or I just didn't know that they were facing off against the Nasty Boys. How fucked do the Nasty Boys look in 1996? <laughs> they do in 96. Fucked. In 96. <laughs> They're still fucking going, aren't they? Well, I know that I know Nobbs had a health scare, um, but I don't think that would have stopped him. It's, I mean, the their style of wrestling, obviously, it's something that can be managed. They do less age, hurricane runners these yeah, days. Yeah, it, it's I more think. like you know brawling. But fucking hell, the nasty boys. Uh, I've put in italics here in my own notes. I don't believe for a single second the nasty boys are going to put the public enemy over. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the nasty boys uh. theme. We haven't heard this yet on the Nitro review. No, we haven't. Um, I wrote the lyrics down. Okay, go for it. Hit me with them. We're the nasty boys. We've got a bad reputation. When you see the nasties coming, you'd better change your direction. 
close. Everybody Why talks. Why change it to location? <laughs> location would have felt better, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because location reputation has a better ring to it than <laughs> reputation direction. And it's like you change your location. You don't just change where you're standing. You move cities. <laughs> Nobody wants to be near Saxon. Don't be anywhere near Pity City, thank you. Everybody talks, but we know talk is cheap. If you mess with the boys, we'll rearrange your teeth. Again, close, not a bullseye. <laughs> you know they're going to do a bad job of it as well, though, because th- their teeth are bad because of all the fighting. Yeah, that's yeah. it. They're, so they're going to ruin your teeth. Yeah, just like theirs. Yeah, and they'll put them in a certain order. And DMD. <laughs> Dear <laughs> my days. We're the boys. We're the boys. We're the nasty boys. We're the boys. We're the boys. We're the nasty boys. If you ever get in trouble and you need our protection, right? don't call 911 because they'll... They'll be too late. We're the nasty boys. You couldn't fit an erection oh, joke in there. I've got that wrong. We're the nasty boys. We're like a, we're like a real bad infection. If you are ever in trouble and you need our protection, that's okay, better, so that feels better. Don't call nine one one because they'll be too late. We're the nasty boys and we'll rearrange their face. Uh, it, it's the Ron Seal of themes. That. <laughs> 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 That's really polite. It's shit, but you can't argue <laughs> that it fits them perfectly. And it also it reveals to the wrestling world that you could the, also change it to rotten, and it'll work for Ian and Axel. You could. It, it's <laughs> honestly, we're the rotten. We're the rotten boys. <laughs> Hardy boys, in a way. We're maybe. the Hardy boys. <laughs> Dudley boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's also in, in terms of teams from that era, it reveals that the Nasty Boys actually piloted the APA gimmick long before the APA. Because in the song they say, We're the Nasty Boys, we're like a real bad infection. If you ever get in trouble and you need our protection. I, I love Nasty Boy PA. I loved the uh, the APA. Like yeah. the, the whole shtick of them being hired guns. Like it's it's yeah. I think that's a gimmick that could still go today. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's not been done in a while either. I'd have Von Wagner from NXT. I'd be Wagner for hire. I, it never works. It never works. And they'd give them a different shitty name now that sounded like it was generated, you know, like in some think tank uh, <laughs> by a hundred different people. But like, Manatees. it never works ever. But a new APA, I would be all over. Yeah. I think I think yeah. If they just call them the new APA and just try <laughs> try their hardest. <laughs> Who'd be in the new APA? Uh well Von Wagner I think works Von really Wagner. well in the Bradshaw role. Von Wagner. Or or uh W. Morrissey. He'd work very well in the Bradshaw nice. role. Nice. I like W. Morrissey. I mean, Enzo and W. Morrissey would be great like that. Just Enzo just being the little No. Shite. You've gone too far I've now, Tom. It. I've ruined You've it. You've ruined it. <laughs> Do you know? In the AWA, the Nasty Boys came out to Nasty by Janet Jackson. Moving on. Good. <laughs> it's a good theme, that's a banger. How the fuck does that fit? Does, oh my God. Because it's got Nasty in the title. It's like Conan later on coming out to a shitty Eye of the Tiger ripoff. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like great. It's so fucking good. Uh, nose of La Tigro. <laughs> Um, they immediately brawl to the outside to the enemy and the nasties. Grunge and Nobs get in the ring, whilst Rocco and Sags fight around ringside. Rocco randomly attempts an old school off the barricade, yeah. and then, gets, then Sags kicks the barricade and low blows him off it. Yeah, R.I.P. nuts. No, R.I.P. dead nuts. Uh, Sag leaves <laughs> from this and comes back with a table. Which Sags is, nips to home base, I'll just, have you know. Just as a quick little so pop Eric's around the points card. <laughs> 
round to home base. Got Eric five points that he's going to put toward his nude like decking this summer. Decking and plant. Pump. You might be able to get some stain with that. <laughs> some Ron Seal yeah. for the next theme. That's it. <laughs> so, I didn't like Sags getting the table. Isn't the table the public enemies thing? Yeah, and then Sags puts it up backwards in the middle of the ring. <laughs> So legs first. Well done, mate. You are the best. Which, it's a completely wooden table, so I don't think it really would have mattered. But, you know, when you've got a table, you don't want to be sending somebody into the side with all of the screws and uh, legs and bits that are going to hurt extra when you've just got a nice big flat bit that it'll snap cleanly in half. I you never know, put a man through a table, but I would know to not do it that way. Yeah, it, it's just, especially now, you know, you definitely can't get away with that now. No. Just slash people open. I mean, look at Bob Holly's back. Oh, oh, that was that thing from ECW. And that was just the rubber stopper. That wasn't even the, the metal. Those, the, the rubber rib of the edge of it kind of lifted up and just went, slice. Oh. And it's just like, hoo And the referee kind of goes, hoo <laughs> uh, And then everybody's kind of stood looking at his back going, hoo and he's like, what? What, guys? And then Mario... Hurts a bit. What's going on? <laughs> They're all just going, ooh. <laughs> and then Mario pops up and goes, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Toasty pops up and goes, whoopee. Um, so, Rocco lands a moonsault. Yes. Lovely standing moonsault. Only gets a two. Grunge ends up eating a pile driver shortly after this, courtesy of Stags. We get to the finish from here. Can we just, Fuck before this. we get to the finish, can yes. we discuss the fact that I think it takes roughly three minutes for a single wrestling move to be thrown in the match? <laughs> Which is a point because it's, you know, it's public enemy, they're wild. It's nasty boys, they're wild. It's a bit of a kind of, wee, yeah. uh, from commentary. But it's like a takedown. It's something really just, it's like, oh, takedown. That's the first wrestling move of the bout. And it's like, like two minutes after the bell's they gone, even say it, don't so they? they go, hey, that was a wrestling move. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The finish is so odd because they've set the table up and they're kind of direct. You've got Chekhov's table going on. Yeah. yeah. But it, and it's been in the ring for a while. Yeah, but now they've the repositioned it. And Sags and Knobs are directing traffic. No one's gone through the table, but the ref just decides, ah, fuck this. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. Like no one went through it. Nope. Now, I think if you're going to do the DQ, you wait for someone to go through it. It's like the referee's preempting bad. It's like minority report refing. Right. Like, he, he's got, before anybody gets hurt, I'm calling this off. Ooh. And they're like, the match is thrown out, guys. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> sassy referee. And the re- and the wrestlers went, oh, the match has stopped. We will quietly head to the back. That's then. right. They all shook hands. They hugged it. babies in the front row and took pictures. And, and uh, yeah, because they, were, they, they went to a Denny's the and they got the early bird special. Oh. She's using American terms now. I've no idea what they mean. It's Cornette's favorite, isn't it? The early bird special. Um, probably. Probably. Yeah. Just a thought. No idea. Anyway, they don't do any of that because Rocco lands a moonsault that comes. Kind of breaks the table. Kind of. It kind of breaks the it, bit of the ceiling breaks, around yeah, the side. It breaks the edge and then Sag sees the edge, grabs the edge and proceeds to literally smash it in half <laughs> over Rocco's back, I think. Uh, or is it... Uh, no, he, no he, it's he, Johnny Grunge's back and then Rocco gets... Is it Rocco who gets that awful dump to the outside? No, you, 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 got, the, you got the bits right, but not in the right order. So Rocco gets... Gets like beaten with the bit of the table. Yeah. And then as Grunge is leaving, Sags just throws the table over the top and it just crashes on his yeah, head. Yeah, but there's, uh, hold on. Yeah, it's Rocker Rock. I've got here. Rocker Rock gets fucking pinged off the apron by knobs just before the DQ's called. So, like, uh, he's like on the outside. It looks like knobs is going to throw him, but then it looks like there's kind of, they get caught up in the baggy clothing or something because Rocker Rock kind of comes over and he's 
sort of in momentum, stops for a split second, and then just kind of goes like really uncomfortably, like shaves his back off the apron corner, and it's like, oh, it was not a happy time. Um, great no. work by the Nasty Boys for putting over the brand spanking new team and making them look like a threat. End sarcasm. Fuck you both. Yeah, it's that particular um, launching the bit of fucking table from the ring to the outside was like, what are you doing? Uh, but, you know, it was memorable. This is still 96 WCW. They aren't quite sure about what they're doing with hardcore style stuff. They no. just know that people like it. They know that people like the kind of wild nature of it and anything can happen. It had been proved to have worked many, many years before in the territory system. But just a quick one here. Once again, start strong on your pay-per-views, everybody, with a... <laughs> barn burner of a match like this that was brought to you by McDonald's. Yeah! Uh, which is good because Ray Kroc, even though he'd been dead since 1984, <laughs> fucking deserves it. Ray Kroc is a piece of shit. Is he the guy that... Ray Kroc is the man that came into the McDonald's brothers' business, took it from underneath them, and then kicked them out of their own business and then took their own name from them. From the from the film The Founder. Yes. Tell that story. He's a fucking milk ma- uh, milkshake salesman. Yeah. And that's that's how he stays in my mind. He's a monstrous person. He kind of he kind of tries to from the from basing it on the film. He kind of tries to bring the the McDonald's boys along with his vision, but they're not really buying it. It's because they don't want to become corporate yeah. like whores. And so what he does is he changes McDonald's into a real estate business, and now McDonald's owns the land the restaurants are on. And that's his business, not theirs. <laughs> and then he slowly chokes them out to the point where the original restaurant that they run can no longer have their name on it. Disgusting. Yeah. I had a really nice egg bagel the other day. Though. You fucking don't eat there anymore. It's really You're not nice. funding Ray Kroc's little family's <laughs> pockets. The piece He might have invented several things that people enjoy about McDonald's, but he's a monster. <laughs> the man is a he's monster. He's a monster. <laughs> So if Mean Gene is outside the chapel, who is on the ramp tonight in the be- in the sleeping bag? Well, he's he's conspicuous by his absence so far this evening. Yeah, Eric Bischoff is here, baby. He's doing the interviewing folk on the ramp shtick this evening. And his first task of the night is to chat to the trio of Jimmy Hart, The Giant, and Ric Flair. Uh, Flair says among the bright lights and the pretty lazies, losing the WCW title doesn't mean anything to him. <laughs> He also says publicly that a little girl told him that oh. with Flair she was going to fantasize, with the giant she was going to giant size. That's so, would worrying. you care to elaborate there, Paul? That's a worrying sentence there. All round, um, giant laughs this off and says, uh, "Ha ha! What a lovely night we'll have." If Flair tags him in, it's all over but the crying for Hogan and Savage. And then Flair ends things by saying, "Tonight, Macho Man and Hogan can't hide behind Flim Jim and Paywatch." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then the, and ends by saying, "Their face tonight. They are facing quote a fire talking giant." Yes. <laughs> I is that them collectively? I, I have no fucking idea. Or did he try and say fire breathing, but then realize he said talking and went, ah, oh, just get this done. Plus, he can't breathe fire. You'd think that he would have breathed fire already if he was wanting to come in and make an impact. Yeah. Dungeon you... of Doom would be all over that. You would, you would, wouldn't you? You'd be all over the shop if that. It'd be like, you know, this is our new wrestler. He's called the Giant. He's the son of another pretty famous guy. But look what he can do that his dad can't do. <laughs> Barbecued Hogan. <laughs> done. 
Yeah, done. That ends Hulkamania. We're really like well that. done. Really well done, <laughs> Hulkamania. That literally <laughs> ends Hulkamania. And then we move like on that. to Karate Fighters. Ah, now this is fun. So Karate Fighters sponsored loads of WWF stuff in the late 95. Yes. And now they're, they're, they're getting in on the WCW side of things as well. If they pop back Wasn't up again, we'll have to get the Karate, karate Fighters. is a product that Bischoff was involved in initially. There was some conversation that said that he was, but I don't know. I think there was a spin-off that he was. I remember he, but he got his start with Ganya, I think, because he went in to sell ad space for this product. Mm. But he was a wrestling fan as well. And then I think it kind of led from there to, hey, our usual guy hasn't shown up. You're a spokesperson type thing. Can you do it? And then that evolved into Eric Bischoff and the rest of the business. I don't think it was Karate Fighters, but it was like a really similar thing. A product that was like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's nice that Karate Fighters are now, I'm, I'm sure Bischoff's delighted with that. Oh, yeah. Come he's he's all about the karate and the fighting. Black belt, black belt, black belt. <laughs> also, don't worry about it. Four years' time, that's going to mean something. <laughs> <laughs> it's also sponsored this week by Slick 50 Engine Lubricant. That's right. And it's fantastic uh, money for nothing video style graphics. <sighs> I thought you'd get the bottle just spinning around on the spot and then falling over it to the giant yellow deserty road. Uh, and then Tootsie Rolls, which suck fucking ass. Tootsie Rolls. How many are licks crap. did it take to get to the center of They're Slick terrible. 50 engine lubricant? I'd rather drink Slick 50 engine lubricant <laughs> than eat a Tootsie Roll ever again. I remember, like, you know, the first time you get American candy over here, and it's just like, oh, God, let's try all of the things yeah, you see. It's been around for 100 years. For, like, it must years. be good. And then you get like a tootsie roll. You, you try like a uh, fucking, what are they called? The the boiled sour motherfuckers. Uh, boiled sour motherfuckers. Because you get like Mike and Ike and stuff. Everybody likes that. What are they called? They're like sour, hard, multi-flavored. Hard can? Not called hard. They're, they're like a hard can. Jolly Ranchers. Jolly, so you get like Jolly Ranchers. Ranchers, which are delicious. Jolly Ranchers. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff you can get. All sorts of stuff you can get. And then you get tootsie roll and it's like, fucking hell. This is just, it's like somebody got chocolate sand, wet it a bit, right? Just wet it a bit, formed it into like a, a dog shit of a shape and wrapped it in foil. And then you just kind of chew into it and it's a bit chewy. Tastes vaguely of like a memory of chocolate. It's the type of thing that I think in like a post-apocalypse, if there was a warehouse full of it, people just leave it alone because like it would just faintly remember them of, that remind them of a simpler time. Where you could complain about how shit this chocolate tasted, but it's it's just so bad, man. It's so bad. It's pretty miserable consumption. It's <laughs> why the Tootsie Rolls <laughs> ever made it over here, and they never will. No, and our Milky Way's better. Fuck you guys. How many licks does it take for you to get the sense of a Tootsie Roll? Classic at cultaholic.com is our email address. If you like to let us know, we couldn't care less. Um, Alex Wright and Dean Malenko up next. Now, this is a little story that they've been telling on Saturday nights. Which means we can skip the whole match. No, we have to talk about the match because it's on our watch. It's on our watch, damn it. But it's fine because they gave the story's dead simples, which is which is nice. So basically, Alex Wright is that his leg paggered by Dean Malenko for right. several weeks, and that's why they're fighting. Wright, you can tell, is livid about this because he's not even smiling well, tonight. Well, commentary's like no smiles from Wright tonight. He's a serious, sexy German boy. He is a serious and sexy German boy. Uh, Dean Malenko out following that one. We have an excellent technical encounter here. Hey, it's great because the crowd don't know what the fuck to do with wrestling mm, already. No. It's not. 96 
and they already don't know what the fuck to do with wrestling. Their it's palette great. has already been <laughs> tainted. Just, that opening match is going to set the tone, really, for how, <laughs> how far wrestling is going to go as an industry over the next three years, four years. Don't worry, Dean, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, during the fight, Tony Schiavone encourages us to join the show long chat on CompuServe. CompuServe. Now, WCW very much backed the wrong horse in the net race here because WWF have been plugging their AOL chat rooms. Yes, and AOL, as anybody who was alive in the 90s will attest to, sent you handy coasters every single day. They certainly did. You just get CD after CD after CD with the postman going, hey, here's 10 minutes free internet. You want to try it out? It's only 50 quid a month after that for dial-up. Go on, try it. Go on for 10 minutes, you'll love it. You'll love the internet. There's gambling on it. Uh, And a boob. (laughs) I saw saw a boob on the internet once. How long did it take to load? Oh, about three hours. (laughs) Left it it downloading overnight. I can't stress, because it's not like I'm from the early, early days of the internet, but fuck me. Like Even when we got internet and we had dial-up, like anything you wanted to do, a web page to load, you went to WWF.com, it would just sit there going like... Slow. And it would just... It would take like five minutes. Like, it's just... It's, people don't know they're born these days. I've gone through 98 TikToks by that point now. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's too much And you don't even need to think anymore because they just provide you with infinite scrolling. Yeah, and an, an, yeah. and limitless bowl that, that pleases your algorithm. And then your Apple Watch tells you that you're dying of like liver failure or something. <laughs> and then you just kind of go, oh. I've, I've set my liver failure alarm onto snooze. <laughs> Six times already today. <laughs> my TikTok is all cat videos. I showed I, this to Alex and I said, this is the problem I've got, is it's all cats. I have the app installed, but I... I, I uh... it's, do, do you know what? As a social experiment, do try it because the algorithm is fascinating how they do it. I'm, because within like four minutes, I tried it once to manipulate it, right? Yeah. I was bored one day. I very rarely have a day off. Yeah. I thought, I'm going to try this. So I started liking a couple of videos that had buses in. Yeah. And... Uh, and then by within 10 minutes, all I was getting was bus videos. Yeah, this is dangerous. It's like, though, oh, like, it's so this is dangerous. a hot algorithm. But it's like, I, I, uh, I, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether I'm going to start an account on it simply because it's just like, fuck, man. It, it's, you're being so catered to now because machines know more about you than you know about yourself, essentially, that you, you just, it, it's like living in the fucking matrix. It's surreal. Mm. Like everything you want is going to be served to you, whether you want to read it or not. It knows what pushes your buttons. It knows what you're happy with. It knows that if you like cat videos, then, hey, let's try a dog video every now and then. And if you don't like that, then it's like, okay, no dogs. What about capybaras? Okay, they like capybaras mm. as well. And then you can start, they, they just kind of cater everything to you and it's terrifying, man. They'd throw me some otters. It'd actually. be like walking into a restaurant and they just bring you the food. I'd be delighted with that. I'd hate it. I wouldn't leave still chewing. Like, <laughs> I got shit to they do. They would get you through that fucking door fast enough that you'd leave <sighs> still chewing. I, I would want. I that's. I want to crack if on with TikTok that. TikTok ran a restaurant. Could you fucking imagine? Amazing. Everything would have hot glue in it. <laughs> So why is AOL smashing CompuServe? Well, basically, they're offering the same service at half the price yeah. at the moment. And it's all shiny. And, it, and, and a much sexier name. Much sexier name, much sexier presentation. CompuServe. Yeah, CompuServe's is like it, kind of the, like AOL's like the chat. 
AOL's just yeah. like AOL, and CompuServe's just like CompuServe. Come join us, please. It's the beta match. It's the internet. <laughs> and then I put here, don't worry, AOL will play a much bigger part in WCW's downfall down the line. <laughs> Dean Malenko's offense is all about Alex Wright's leg, I promise. Wrapping it around the turnbuckle, deep scissor holds, stomps to the knee. Um, There's a brutal leg takedown. Oh, twisted leg takedown where it looks like Wright like the comes down. The dragon whippy one. Yeah, it looks like Wright comes down awfully from it, but I think it was just very good working. I think they're just But it was just workers. like, woo uh, Wright gets back into it by drop-kicking Malenko, which is a terrible thing to do when you've had your leg worked over yes. the whole match. He ends up hitting a beauty of a superplex. They uh, go yes, flying. Uh, a wonderplex. Wonderplex. And then he goes into like, uh, there's like a weird back and forth, and then he whips him into the corner. You get this weird proto osprey style step up that wasn't over malenko's chest it was up the ropes but kind of the the step up flip back keep him guessing and that's ultimately das wonderkins das downfall yeah in das match because he gets a das kick in the low in the leg from under his leg and then malenko's leg kicked out of his leg <laughs> and it leads into a roll-up from malenko for a, a fairly sudden, underwhelming finish to what had been quite a, a fun technical encounter. Yeah, the the match uh, really the, the crowd warmed to it as it went on, but it, mm. it uh, yeah ends quite abruptly. Yeah, it just sort of it's out of the and then it's done, and then we go oh, when we come back. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I've got Dave's uh, observer f- uh, ratings for this pay per view uh, and the matches. So just okay. to quickly jump back, what do you give Public Enemy and the Nasty Boys? Dud. Three and a quarter. Fuck off. Dave liked it. Are you for real? Dave was having a Are sad. you for real? I am not. I am the most real I've ever been. Dave. Dave, Dave really liked it. What are you doing? It. I don't know whether Three da- and a bit. I don't know whether Dave had never seen a hardcore match before in his life. Dave was in a he good mood. He fucked off to home base to get a table <laughs> and then set it up wrong and then proceeded to beat the shit out of him with it when it didn't break. Dave's ratings for this whole show, as you will see, are weird as fuck. Is this the week Dave tried out, like, acid or something? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Dave got shagged and he was in a good mood at the start. Um, Just celebrating <laughs> Bicycle Day for a full-blown week. Well done, mate. Uh, what did he give Alex Wright and Dean Malenko? Uh, four. I'm, I'm going to say four because it can't possibly be worse than well, the... Well, mercifully, it's better than the first match, but it's three and a half. Okay, a that's A quarter right. of a star better from these two. Because I was gonna, you, you can't just jump in at that that rating. I mean, we know, the show's, the, you, we know the show's not going to be phenomenal, but like to give that a three and a quarter. Dave is very kind off. to Dubsy Dub. The Taskmaster out next. He's fighting Disco Inferno. Or is he? No, he's mm. not. Because Elvis is entering the building instead. Yeah, fat Elvis has turned up with a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> uh, and Did you hear he in on commentary as they were op- opining as to why uh, Elvis is out there? Heenan says, maybe he's here to pawn off his daughter to another guy. Oh, yes, I did hear that. Yeah, that was uh, fun. Well done. Uh, I will say to Mark, step up from actually having to watch Disco. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy with that. Fat Elvis. I will I will kind of be a bit nitpicky, though. you telling me that in the entirety of Las Vegas, you couldn't find a single Elvis impersonator that looked and sounded like Elvis. Because <laughs> like, this looked like you dressed up one of the refs and just kicked him out there. Do you know what? They may have very well done. 
I couldn't find the identity of this of this particular Elvis, but I wouldn't I, be shocked if it was just a wrestler. It was just from a normal car. voice with just "thank you very much" and just random Elvis bits thrown in. Fuck no me. ordinary Elvis impersonator, though. He sounds know. like he's trying to talk with a mouthful of soup. Yes, like yeah, or a hot of soup, just like fried <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, which I mean must be like hotter than the surface of the sun. Yeah, Alan Partridge style. Oh, <laughs> stick it in the microwave. Um, <laughs> No, no ordinary Elvis impersonator. He's a singing telegram Elvis impersonator. Yes, he is. And the, the telegram that he sings to them informs Sully that Disco is dancing at the Colonel's wedding. Uh, and then Sullivan gets to be all of us in the moment. Because wouldn't you fucking love to just beat the shit out of Elvis Presley? <laughs> wouldn't you just love it? Could you imagine going back in time and everybody's like, Elvis! And you just knocked him the fuck out and then transferred back to your own timeline. What would happen? Was it knocking out the real Elvis? It, well, just any Elvis, but yeah, <laughs> like real Elvis. Can any you imagine like, you just pop up at his big like reunion show when he comes back from the army? Whoppa! Drop him on his ass. America doesn't have a hero anymore. Ivan Drago's going to win. What if? That's the rise of the real Rocky Balboa. <laughs> what if you went back in time? There's no Elvis to take him on. And you punched the real Elvis. Yeah. And then disappeared. And you come back to the real timeline and then... Like, it's all normal yeah. until, like, Adam Pacisi walks through the door and goes, oh, hey, Sam, uh, you still coming to the gig tonight? He said, which gig? The, the Elvis comeback special gig. He's still alive? How is... Punch sorted him how, out. How is he <laughs> punching him? How has that kept him right, alive? this is it. We're going to go back. We're not going to do it meanly. We're going to go back to his residency and we're going to either put him out of his mercy, one punch KO, <laughs> like John... Uh, and, and Elvis's career is ruined and, and he can never come back from the fact that he just got BTFO'd by Tom, time-traveling Tom. Uh, or, you know, he's going to kind of snap out of it and go, maybe I shouldn't eat this 4 a.m. 11th deep-fried banana smothered in peanut butter and chocolate on my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. Sorry, golden the, toilet. Because the, the, <laughs> the implications of time travel, like, what if you went back and then before he got on the toilet, you punched him? You come back to this time, and then Adam Pacitti comes to the door and goes, oh, hey, Sam, um, cheers, great month. Here's your pay this month. And he hands you a jar of jam. And he goes, it's a bit more than last month. What if... And then I get outside, and we all fly around, and we're all bee people. Yeah. What if, what if you went back in time and you replaced Elvis's colonel with WCW's colonel? And then you come back to this time period, and Adam, <laughs> and Adam Pacitti walks through, and he goes... Oh, uh, oh, hey, Sam, um, are you coming to the human sacrifice later? Yes, is... that's a timeline we How all need to be part of. <laughs> just, just a giant sky burial type thing. The fragility yeah. of time. Yeah. Or like you punch him and you come back here. And Adam Batista walks through the door and goes, oh, Sam, I've got to leave early because the Stargate's opened an hour earlier than we expected today. We all travel via Stargate. What would happen? I... We need to find out. Somebody build a time machine. What if they Let's already go have? back in time and punch Elvis. What if they already have? Well, we wouldn't know. This is the thing. No, we all being paid in jam in we're the living proper in a, timeline. We're living in... Well, th that's it. We either split off into another timeline where it diverges or we live in the paradox. And so every time something happens, it's just always been that way. Yeah. Which is why you've really got to pay attention, you know, when you're looking at JFK and that footage. Because if you look in the background, Grimace from McDonald's has started peering in the last two, three years. And I know for a fact he wasn't there beforehand. And it looks like he's got a rifle. What if you went back and you, you punched Grimace? Right. Stop it happening. And you come back to this time period and you go through there and you go, oh, hey, Adam, have you got a pen? And Adam goes, why ask me for a pen when you've got five on each finger? Oh, shit. <laughs> 
alcoholic twilight zone. How did that? This is what happens when we have like two hours sleep. <laughs> God. What if I could go back in time to about right, an hour well. and 45 minutes ago and punch myself in the mouth so I don't have to watch this Clash of the Champions? <laughs> and then you come back. And then, then you come back in. And Adam Batisi walks in and he goes, oh, hey, Sam. And then he lays an egg. Hey Sam, did you do that Nitro review? No, I travel back in time and punch myself in the face. Why'd you do that? Get in there and record it. Okay. Oh, by the way, here's an egg. He lays, he lays, an, he's an, he's an egg. Time travel. It's like Homer Simpson. But last one, I promise. But when no, Homer's, when Homer's traveling through all of the different realities, <laughs> and he fucking he has the perfect life, except for the fact there's no donuts, and then he freaks out and leaves. And then it starts fucking raining donuts outside. And oh my Mark God. Goes, it's, mm, just... it's raining again. <laughs> just bouncing off the floor. <laughs> this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sorry I couldn't make it to the clash, sings <laughs> Telegram Elvis, and we haven't punched to the face. I'm dancing at the Colonel's wedding. It's a big bash. Disco said you're not very hip, but he knows you'll give me a really big tip. And the Taskmaster just fucking twats him. There's the tip of me fist. Ooh. Uh, the bell sounds randomly. I thought we were going to get a match, and then we don't. No, we <laughs> go back to end. Jean at the wedding. Jean's back at the wedding. Uh, Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater arrive, asking where the Colonel is, because nobody knows. Their promo is literally, each of them are so unintelligible, but uh, Bunkhouse Buck goes, hup, dup. Where am the colonel? <laughs> and then a load of other kind of boomhauer style noises. And then uh, Dick goes, I'm a whammer by the $1,500 at the table. Uncle Zebekiah. It's, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 
they're all southern, aren't they? It's funny. I, I just, I, I think I, you know, if I was having a wedding, there's no two people I would rather have there first the than Dirty Bunk Dick Slater and Bunk Slater <laughs> in full gimmick. <laughs> and they, they say the last time they saw Colonel Robert Parker was they gave him a wedge of notes. Yeah, spend on the crap. So fifteen hundred. Yeah, because they're like he's he's like we'll do it at the table. And Gene's like you know craps 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 table, and he's like <laughs> and it's the first hint <laughs> that the colonel has gone AWOL uh, and uh, gambling may be involved. Mm, more on this in a bit. Back to the arena, Bischoff living on the ramp, welcomes the new World Tag Champions, Sting and Lex Luger. Oh, for fuck's sake, Tom, it's Mankerstang. I'm oh, sorry, Mankerstang. And according to the WWE blurb to the right of this, if you're watching it on the WWE Network, Leg Luger. No, did you say Leg Luger? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spot that. Leg Luger and Leg, Sting. Leg Luger and Mankerstang. Yeah. Leg Luger and Mankerstang. Leg is delighted with his belt. He's holding it up like... like a kid who's just done a painting for his mum and dad. And Sting's cool. just staring at his. Sting's all right Sting's with it. Sting's just like, reserved, ooh, it's shiny. But Luger, Leg, is over the moon. Bischoff addresses the controversy in the match. Leg shuts it down by saying, I said we were the tag team of the 90s and we proved it. Now, as Leg is going wild about he and Mayor Sting, the crowd just suddenly go loud. The loudest I've heard them all night. And while they're making that noise, he goes... Uh, they say this is where the big boys play. These, and points at Sting's arm. The, like really specifically at Sting's arm. <laughs> Just these, these arms. These are the big boys. <laughs> and then who's behind them? Why the kerfuffle? Oh. What's happening? While Lex Luger is being openly grilled in front of Sting, in front of thousands of people about the fact that he cheated. There was a lot of controversy. Sting is looking at the belt the entire time going, Ooh, shiny! Shiny! So loud that he can't hear what Bischoff is saying, uh, except he can hear the crowd pop. And then he turns around and immediately starts high-fiving the Road Warriors. And they're all buddies. The Road Warriors, you say? Here they are! Bloody Road Warriors are out! Yeah. And they're in their blue um, shoulder spice. Yeah. I forgot about the blue shoulder, bi- shoulder I mean, it, spice. I it's, mean, it's Road Warriors. What more do we need to say? There's a bit of back and forth. Sting is, you know, as I said, high five and he's happy to see them. Uh, but they, they're kind of happy to see Sting. They're like, you know, glad you're doing well, brother, and all this stuff. Uh, and then they go on about like, but we are, we am the most powerful force in order better days. Gotta bet it. Gotta beat us. Gotta beat these to be the number one powerful. Gotta beat them. Gotta beat us. Uh, So they want to wrestle. Lex has a bit of a cry about it. Uh, Yeah, Lex is very upset because he says, "Look, we've got a lot on. We've got a rematch." Look, there's all this paperwork, guys. It's not the same as back in the day where you had guns and cocaine. Now it's just guns. (laughs) Sorry, cocaine. (laughs) So the booking is just done. We don't need to argue about that anymore, guys. The times are changing. Luger cools the World Warriors Jets by saying, "We've got a rematch against the Harlem Heat. We've got the Nasty Boys. We've got American Males. We've got State Patrol." Which Bischoff balks at. State (laughs) Patrol. Patrol? You'll be forgiven for not knowing who State Patrol are. State Patrol are James R. Wright and Buddy Lee Parker. They're a very, very down-the-line tag team. I guess in terms of, like, classic... How do, how would you say it in classic SmackDown review terms? It's like the it's like Austin's relates calling out Kai and Ty. Yeah. Essentially. They in sound like, like a, they sound the like a lovely order. job gimmick. Yeah. You know, super troopers. I like it. So I enjoyed... Bish- I enjoyed... 
Lex going, look, we've got to fight State Patrol before we can fight you, lads. Uh, Luger says Hawk and Animal have been on the shelf. He doesn't want to face them in their first match back in case he hurts them. Yeah, because they've got bad backs, you know? They've got mm. real bad backs. But, brother, you couldn't even fit his back in your rack. Yeah, that's a good line, actually. I like the rhyming. I like the, the soliloquiness there. Yeah. Couldn't fit his back on your rack. Hawk informs Luger, we have an annual beatings quota. Right, is that what was said? Because it sounded to me as though he said... They have an anal beans quota. <laughs> <laughs> they need victims for this beans quota. Something about beans? <laughs> it sounds like he says we have an anal beans quota. <laughs> it sounds like he says anal, not annual. I was like, what the fuck? I, I worked it out pretty quick, but it was like, that sounded like he said anal beans. He has an anal beans I might quota. say more about me as a person, but fuck me. I just, when I heard anal beans, I had to pause and howl. <laughs> I mean, that's funnier than an annual beatings <laughs> quota. Or a new road warriors were different to ever before. <laughs> we have an anal beans quota. Uh-huh. He's holding the Callahines. <laughs> we have a very different road that we're paving tonight. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. What a rush. <laughs> Fucking hell. There's a legion of doom coming oh, your way. Uh, so anyway, they're a little behind on their anal beats. <laughs> Uh, and they're it's hoping to beads has it. They're hoping for Stang and, and Leg to fill the gap, <laughs> fill the void. Uh, <laughs> they're a bit short on them old anal beans. St- <laughs> so, <laughs> get in there, Sting. Stang, get in there, Luger. Stang's up for being oh, part of the beads. Oh, he's like, get me up there. Get me right up there, lads. Get me right up there. Leg a little bit more reluctant as he leaves early. And then they all leave together like nice friends, except Luger, who's a bit ahead of them. He's just nudging Sting. Why do you want to be part of the anal beans? Why is he be- Are you sure about this, Sting? Are you sure about this, Stang? How are you <laughs> going to fit in there, man, Casto? Hey, hey, Leg, listen. <laughs> You're a big guy. You're like 6'1", mate. That's... Have you seen the size of Animal? He's massive. You'll be wearing him like some sort of weird Gundam Evangelion-style mecha thing of flesh. We get in there with a puffer jacket on. It'd be yeah. <laughs> then I can slip <laughs> out of the puffer jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well... Oh my god. Uh, after a commercial break and a, and a little sit down, uh, we get words from Paul Ordov. <laughs> Old oh. Orny. Orny's back. Don't forget about Orny. It's only been what? Weeks? Three? Been a, been four? A while since two months? I think it's been Fuck about two knows. months. Time has melded into one. But Maybe the last time. we saw of him, he was being pile driven by the 400 pound bear, which. I think that's a bit harsh on fucking Anderson. I wouldn't say yeah. he's 400 pounds. That's bullshit. Uh, but still, <clears throat> last time we saw him, he was being pile driven. Uh, Pillman was there. Flair was there. It was a very deliberate attack. I think Orndorff was injured in real life, right? And had to yeah. be written out for a little bit. So they did this vicious attack with Flair, like doing the, the leg spike and everything on the pile driver. He's carted out like non-responsive. They did it quite well, actually, for... Th- it was very hokey. Mm. It was very kind of ER, but at the same time, it, it, it you know, for the time, it, it worked. But he's not somebody we really need to hear from. Well, the nice that well, it's kind of it, it does play into kind of what's happening now with the Horseman, which I quite like because yeah. this, the the whole beatdown of Orndorff started because Pillman got up in in yeah. Orndorff's grill, so being a little dick. It so is he, largely about how Pillman can't be trusted, right? Yeah, yeah, it's more it's more the fact that like Pillman started a fight. Orndorff walloped him, and then the horsemen have gone, well, he's one of ours. I know he started yeah. it, but we've got to muck in. And then that's why the pile driver happened. Had they had Pillman not got in the face of Orndorff, they probably would have left him be. 
Orndorff, not to be quick with anything, uh, promos included, by the way, starts off a long time ago. And if you imagine the screen going all wiggly, like, uh, he's like, oh, uh, this injury came at the worst time because Gary Spivey offered at least seven sacrificial lambs to make his wig the night the curse was first born because Gary Spivey had given him, like, you know, the, the... this big pep talk and you know yeah. anybody who doesn't know Gary Spivey is he is a psychic TV psychic network. yeah psychic friends that he's like a TV psychic uh, he has like very unique very big very it looks like he's literally got a dead lamb on his head I'm sorry there's no way to say it, it looks I always like, thought it looks like a scouring pad yeah it looks like you bleached a Brillo yeah yeah a bleached Brillo yeah that's a bit better than a lamb with all of its limbs and head cut off <laughs> sorry <laughs> yours is, a, yours is a, a, a far more dangerous image which I quite like but yeah he's not a well man his his arms are getting weak but he had that anyway yeah, he said, uh, Kibboy, yeah, uh, he has that, I can't remember what it is. It was atrophy. Atrophy from, was it from an injury or something? But so he was doing a run with Hogan on the house show loop and yeah. he got injured and he had the choice basically there and then proper sliding doors moment. Either go get it, go get surgery and miss out on this lucrative payday run with Hogan or just, just gut it, it out. See it afterwards. And then he gutted it out, but he did so much long-term damage that his arm atrophied. Yeah, you know. it's it's but it's something they're mentioning here. Uh, yeah, they're kind of tying it into the story. He goes on about being old school, and he's like, you know, when you get beaten up, you got to get back up, and you've got to you know stomp and kick it on. Uh, Orny thinks they hate him because he turned them down because he wouldn't join the Horsemen. Uh, he said he's a good boy who doesn't like gangs or Ric Flair. And then one of the greatest promo line reads of all time when he says, "They may have crippled my body." But they ain't crippled my heart. <laughs> and then he stands up <laughs> because he's because the the it's so understanding Orndorff standing up from the park bench, oh my and, God. And, and he says, "I ain't gonna take this sitting down." Yeah. Stands up. <laughs> Bless him. God love him. And as he finishes his promo, they fade back to the arena. And who's in the fucking crowd? It's Gary Spivey. Spivey there pointing was... either number one, as if Paul Orndorff was number one, or pointing to the heavens because Orndorff, you know, is already gone. You know? There was no word on how many lambs were ritually slaughtered for tonight's hairdo. <laughs> uh, but safe to say it was considerably less number than his current daily sacrifice <laughs> quota, which is a lot. A slightly smaller one than normal. Yeah, his, his current hair is quite big. Do you reckon Spivey stayed for the whole wrestling show or was he just paid a lucrative amount just to go and stand in the crowd? It was in Vegas. He was probably doing a show next door. Of course. It, like, it's surreal how, like, when we did, um, when we did Double or Nothing, like, each fucking casino has got, like, five arenas in it. Mm. it, it they just, it, it's weird. Like, there were queues for everything. It was just like, am I in the wrestling queue? Or is that a queue for, no, okay, round there. Is this the one? Is this the, no? Is that the what? No, okay. Oh, this is the queue. Right, shit. And then the queue's like a mile and a half long. And it's like, mm. what the fuck? And then as you get in there, there's just more people queuing constantly. It, it's nuts. He probably just popped round on his five-minute break when he's done a disappearing act. But I'll just pop in here. And he's going, hello! <laughs> it's me, Gary Spivey. Lovely to see you. Uh, back to the I'm Little White the Chapel we go, where Colonel Rob Parker finally pulls up, urgently asking Gene Oakland for $50. What a shite ass. <laughs> what an absolute shite ass there, Colonel. <laughs> you fucking, you've, you've messed right up here, haven't oh, you? There's a pissed off taxi driver. There's all sorts of nonsense. His mobile phone rings and uh, he speaks to his little fried pie. Yes. Uh, and says that everything's going to be fine. He's going to do it now. Not to worry. Talks talks down what we believe to be Sherry. 
Well, we Sherry. Will. What you want? Of course about? it. Yeah, well, let's keep t- going. Of course it is. Back in the ring, Brian Pillman, one on one now against Eddie Guerrero. And do you know what? There was a moment in wrestling history that I had no idea occurred on this show that we're about to see. Yeah, it's like really it's uh, it it outshines the match. The match is largely what you'd expect. It's it's great, but like it's not exactly. Uh, it's not a show where we're getting these mega, mega, mega super blow-off matches. It's sort of a dolled-up Nitro match, mm. really. But you still, dill, uh, you dill, you dill, still see, you do still see uh, quite a lot of nice action. Yeah. So more cameras getting pushed around by Flying Brian as he heads to the ring. He's shaking the barricade, acting wild as Eddie Guerrero heads to ringside. Bobby Heenan says everybody at the airport was talking about Eddie Guerrero, saying which means either people are impressed by him or they like his mum's chili. <laughs> okay, Heenan. Here you go. Uh, apparently, Mike Tanay and Eric Bischoff are on the WCW hotline commenting about certain skits on another wrestling promotion. Yeah. So we mentioned this in the show last week. Uh, these are the billionaire Ted skits that Bischoff has a good old rant about on the hotline this week. We talked about them last time. An iconic moment in Brian Pillman's loose cannon run occurs here. Well, Pil- we've got first the standard Brian Pillman match fair. Yes. So that's like, he will go to lock up, sack it off, go tease the crowd, get out of the ring, come back in the ring when the referee's had enough, mug off Eddie again, mug off the crowd again, start throwing the horseman symbol everywhere, mug off the crowd some more, mug off Eddie, lock up a little bit, take down, mug him off some more. Just a lot of mugging off. Mm. A lot of mugging off. (laughs) A lot, a lot of mugging off until he rolls out of the ring quite early on after the mugging off and hides behind commentary. He then starts pulling on Bobby Heenan's sports jacket. Heenan jumps out of his seat and flips out, shouting, what the fuck are you doing? He steps away from the table as Pillman pulls away. Now, Heenan is clearly rattled. He picks up his jacket, and it looks as if he's leaving the arena, but then he ends up just walking very slowly around in a full circle. Commentary acknowledge it once, but then sort of try and bring it back. I mean, he just dropped to the fuck. Match. He just dropped fuck on TV. He so just dropped it's, an F. it's uh yeah, it's not ideal. Uh, it's a reason that all this stuff needs to be planned in advance. Mm. I mean, the amount of commentary people we worked with in a past life where it was like they need to know everything. If you're gonna do stuff because uh, yeah. And and usually it's stay the fuck away from the commentary table, like yeah. so it's, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, now Bobby Heenan in real life has a neck injury as well. Yeah, like, as, as serious neck problems. Pillman creeping behind him, messing with his neck, just genuinely rattled him. Uh, he sits back down as the match gets underway well, he and apologises. When, well, when he does walk to the ramp, it does look like he's going to leave. It looks like he's away, isn't he? But like because he, he he stands there for a second. And he kind of he's looking at the ring. He's looking back at the desk. And then he kind of has that moment, deep exhale, goes back and sits down. But mm. it's like... <laughs> yeah. He's very apologetic as he sits back down. He sounds really upset as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a consummate professional. So, yeah, like, the unflappable Bobby Yeah, Heenan. getting caught out like that. It, it, it's, it can't be nice. It can't be nice for mm. his pride. And at the same time, uh, it's fucking hilarious. It's amazing. It's it's like, you know, it's it's we're live, pal. It, it's all of those beautiful, like Ray and the fucking, that's going, doing the rounds at the minute. Yeah. Ray doing the pull-ups and the shelf breaks. Just 
there's so many moments where the, the rest of the mask slips and this is just one of them and it's it's great. Uh, strange match this. Pillman doing some phenomenal character work though. Slaps, stomps, general unorthodox motions. Not unlike yeah. anybody else on the roster's doing stuff that Pillman's doing. Uh, Heenan quite quiet on commentary as well. So there's a weird awkwardness about this as well. Yeah. Tony even calls Heenan shaken a couple of points and I was like, oh, yeah. you're going to fucking eat those words in a bit. Guerrero gets back into the mix of the Tornado DDT, though. They go back and forth. Pillman lands a cross body, and as he lands it, he pulls on the tights to get a cheeky, cheaty three. But before the three even comes down, Bobby's back to his fucking feet. Yeah. Stood up, jacket on. Pillman, PA. Back to the crowd, backing away. Keep away from whatever. Well, Pillman Pillman comes out immediately to get out onto commentary table, it looked like, because his legs are out over there. Yeah. Heenan was just like, fuck this. I ain't doing it. I don't have anything to do with this. Um, Liam O'Rourke has written a brilliant book on Brian Pillman called Crazy Like a Fox. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've got the book at home. And when I sat watching this, I was, I, I, I must admit, I just went, I'm, I, I'm trying to recall from the book what goes on here. And bless Liam. Thank you, Liam, for dropping me a message <laughs> just before I came in here to remind me. And so basically, this was a legit thing. I know some people ask whether this was a work, whether this was a shoot. This was a legitimate incident. Well, he wouldn't have dropped. He wouldn't have dropped the f. <laughs> would not think. have dropped the f bomb, even I if that. I reckon been... they would have gone as far as dropping an accidental shit because w... mm. WWF did it with Brett. Like this is bullshit. But fuck was you know big boy word. I asked Liam, uh, was there any blowback after this? And he said Heenan was more worried that him saying fuck W would get him in trouble with TBS, yeah. which it didn't. So they told Heenan and everybody else that all the heat for that bit fell on Brian Pillman. Yeah. Heenan was happy because it meant, okay, I'm not going to get any wrong for this. Yeah. And Brian Pillman was ecstatic. So I was like, yeah, all yeah, the heat. Doing my job Give me all the heat. Everybody thinks I'm wild. Yeah, everyone yeah. thinks I'm a cunt. Come on. Like Pillman's over the moon. But he's getting all the bad. <laughs> he's, he's getting all the heat for this thing from, from executives and networks. It's like, yeah, this is exactly what I want. And it's feeding into a much wider story with, with Brian Pillman that is weeks away from unfolding. It really is. It's incredible. Uh, Eric Bischoff's back on the ramp. Hey, Can I just read this out how it was said? I would love for you to. Eric Bischoff with the mic. It's Hulk Hogan, the new heavyweight champion. Macho man Randy Savage. And from the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's Kevin Green. So they crammed in Hulk Hogan, the new heavyweight champion. And then there's a very brief pause. And then it's just like, macho man, Randy Savage, as if he's just additional to Hogan being the champion, even though he's not. Uh, And then Kevin, Kevin Green. Savage, mate, is getting such a shoe in in this company at the moment. Um, Hogan's music plays as well, because fuck you, Savage. You're the champ, but I'm playing my music. Savage was also American made. It but applies to both of us, brother. Pomp and circumstance, any? That sounds European. You don't want to be one of those Frenchies, do you? <laughs> it's from. It's from. Uh, it's an English song. You don't want to be one of those Frenchies, do you? <laughs> it was written, and it was written by Edward Elgar, who uh, lives in Worcester. And there's an Elgar statue he in my home a, city. He was on a note, wasn't he? He was. Yes, on, was he, he on was. the twenty? Elgar wasn't the twenty. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lovely statue to him that every every Christmas somebody ends up putting a traffic cone on his head. Bloody so, Frenchies. Land of hope and glory. <laughs> <laughs> and the land of the French. <laughs> um, so Hogan's, of course, is out first and speaks first about his mate, the Macho Man, and how they've got all this positive momentum tonight. Savage puts over the Pittsburgh Steelers' Kevin Green. Everybody does an ooh yeah. Hogan does his last get fucked. Kevin Green promises that if the hospital or the Dungeon Doom try any shenanigans, he's going to put his head down, his shoulders up, run right through them like the Steelers will do to the Cowboys on Sunday. Football. 
Um, well, there's a lot of calling him lean, mean Kevin Green, which lean, I quite mean. like. He looks uh, great as well, my you, God. You didn't really do the Hogan line justice because he basically says, what would you do, brother, if the flare and giant come all over you? <laughs> and then Kevin Green immediately says, well, big brother, in like the shit is the most like blue chipper, like 13-year-old meeting Hulk Hogan for the first time. Like, well, big brother. <laughs> Momentum dead, uh, but you, know, <laughs> you get you know a lot of uh, a lot of chat about their final weapon. Uh, this is only half of their mm. final secret weapon, and of course, everybody's been promised. You know, a ghost from the past is returning tonight. She <laughs> came out of bed cloth. That would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, so essentially, it am Liz, brother. Uh, now we are brothers. We got a problem, brothers. Who gets to take Liz home? And this gets very uncomfortable. Who gets to take Liz out on the town tonight? Maybe ask her. Kevin goes first, apparently. He's like, Bagsy, me. Uh, and then uh, Randy's like, she's a lot harder to handle than, than you You can't just expect to take Liz out on the town, guys. You mm. can't just expect. And then Hogan's just like, well, she left you, Randy. She am right, the Hulkster tonight, basically. It's just a really uncomfortable thing of like, yeah. well, after the match, who wins Who wins Elizabeth? It's, so, oh, God. Who's going to shag Liz? Who's going to shag it's Kevin just, Green? It's just, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Warriors have got the anal beads. They can help out. Anal beans, Tom. <laughs> beans, not beads. Well, you play your games and I'll play mine. <laughs> <laughs> Those spikes are going to have to come into play somewhere. Oh, now. that's Ooh. a rush. Uh, tag team action up next. It is Sting. Oh, sorry. Man Stang. That's right. And Leg Luger. That's right. They're facing the Blue Blood. Yeah. Now, and Regal. Fuck all happens initially. Uh, do you know, it's <laughs> because Regal is coming into this match. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Fucked. Yeah. Right? Uh, he had a dark match against Benoit before the show started, and his knee went out. And they've still gone, oh, I'm sorry to see that your knee's gone out, Regal. Anyway, you're, you're fighting Sting and Luger later. Yeah, he's, he's pretty heavily wrapped. Yeah. Like, his knee is, is really padded. Is but, he... I mean, why would you have him out in a dark segment? I have no idea. Like, there's so many other people knocking about. You really had to have work Regal twice. Saturday night roster that you barely see on Nitro could have been out there warming the crowd so over. So many other people you could have used. But they could have done like a four-way tag or something. There's so much they could have done. So this is the final stand of Steve Regal and Bobby Eaton as the Blue Bloods because Regal will be subbed out for David Taylor after this match. We don't know this yet, but Regal's off to go and get surgery on that knee. Well, it's good because mm. knee gets looked after. Yes, exactly. Uh, Leg Luger is so happy to be a champion. Bless his face. We start with Regal and Men Care Stang. Uh, Regal doing some wonderful facial expressions. <laughs> He's the best at these. I'm really appreciating it on a very different level. Now I'm hearing his podcast where it's, all he does is crack Les Dawson guys. It's when he's in the corner and he's just like, get off me, you brutes, and just stuff like that. It's just great. It, it has echoes of, uncurse me, you swine, <laughs> to Danhausen. Uh, Eaton makes a similar face, uh, meets a similar fate early on when he and Regal get bounced around by the stanger. He gets backdropped on the outside at one point as Eaton. It looks pretty horrible. Luger gives him a Yeah, Luger and Eaton have a bit of a, a dalliance up the ramp. They get about halfway mm. up, I think, just you know, into the barricades and back down. But uh, yeah, it's pretty messy. Uh, Regal cheap shots Luger to get the advantage. And then we see he and Earl Robert working over Luger. Luger even getting caught in the Regal stretch. Yeah. Didn't even know it was a move at that point. Yeah, so Sting has to get in and break the rules to help. Mm. Robert Eaton goes off the top rope. Luger tries to catch him for a power slam, but he absolutely flummoxes 
And then Eaton just goes right back up, doesn't it? Just, just pops back up like he counted it. Yeah. They do the double clothesline, double down. Luga makes the hot tag to Men Care Stang. Yes. Who runs riot from here. Luga gets a punch in the back of the head from Regal. And Is that when we get like four of them at once going at it in the ring? And then it leads to the end, which is like... I quite bit, like the, bit, the ending's yeah, quite creative. It's a bit, bit inventive. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, it was going to be the result we thought it would be anyway, because otherwise they'd have been, I think, the least longest reigning WCW tag champions up to that point, because mm. they would have held them for, what, one night? Yeah, so, so they had yeah. to win. They're they always going to win. Uh, we see Eaton going back up top. Sting bounces off the ropes, which sends him off the top, crashing into Regal. Yes. And then moments later, Sting puts the death lock on, on Regal, who has a fucked up knee, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Could Eaton have not tapped out? Yeah. Could we not have, we just, not have just given it? Yeah. You know. There's a few things in this show. I just go, you know, could you not have just spent like five more seconds on that and just gone, actually... Let's do it this way. It ties up one nice little bow in this massive fucking ball of headphone cables <laughs> that is the, the Lex Luger storyline with Sting because Blue Bloods were a team that, you know, we just kind of been seen thrown around into mm. random things. So we, we've had periods of this weird Lex Luger thing in WCW again uh, feature the Blue Bloods. So like now that that's done, Regal's off to get surgery. You've got to figure that fingers crossed we're not going to see any more Blue Bloods popping up. To kind of muddy the waters there. <laughs> oh, you'll be a lucky boy. Uh, this is probably the neatest that the Luger and Stang thing has been. Yes. Uh, because it's been like so messy every single week about, oh, I accidentally hit you. I accidentally hit you. I didn't mean to do it, but champions, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but this is like nice and clean. I slammed Yokozuna. <laughs> they gave me a big boss. <laughs> All right, Lex, calm down. Well done. I didn't like the boss. It was shit, so I got to play. I flew everywhere because I'm a misery gut. <laughs> he is a fucking misery gut at that point, which is funny. Uh, at this point on Raw, by the way, um, this, uh, on Raw, Vince McMahon says, oh, Shawn Michaels is riding the Heartbreak Express. I'm like, don't you bring another fucking bus into this. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. Uh, but they don't, thankfully. Uh, let us go back to the chapel. Booker T and Stevie Ray have turned up. They're complaining about catering. They are picking that fucking buffet table <laughs> apart. And good on them. I think they're like, what is this shit? You've got buffalo wings. You've got like fucking, what is this? Well, it's Robert all just Parker's like, terrible. like, I've got no money for the buffet. No, he's just like, oh, it's fine, guys. It's fine. It's at this point that we learned that they were originally going to get married in the chapel. But because Robert Parker is skint now, they're now getting married in the drive-thru. And Sherry's not happy. Now, is Sherry... Sherry's just arrived and she's like, well, I need to get dressed and everything. And he's just like, oh, you'll have to find somewhere. There's a trailer over there. And then you've got Butch and Dick going, don't come in the trailer. There's a dog in there. Don't come in the trailer. There's some exposition in here. Yeah. <laughs> don't come in here. It's there's real a, angry. Don't a, come in. There's a plot twist in here. Don't come in. <laughs> um, is Sherry pissed? <laughs> I, is she, she looks battered. She, I, I think like the whole thing has been that Colonel puts almost like a spell on her, right? Right. She seems to, every single time in the build-up to this whole, I, I guess we can call it a payoff, maybe. <laughs> uh, everything in the build-up, whenever Colonel would come out, she just all of a sudden, almost like she was hypnotized, stopped what she was doing. She could have been about to hand Harlem Heat a belt to use in a match. She stops right. what she's doing, and she just becomes intoxicated by the colonel. So I don't know if it's just that she's still in this bubble of joy and it's just kind of, she's acting sort of out of it 
really, because it, it's almost like the colonel's got that effect on her. But uh, yeah, either way, she's not she's not very happy. It's the first time we've heard her voice dissatisfaction at the colonel. Uh, and yeah, like they, they're like, oh, we lost the trailer key. You can't get dressed in here. There's an angry dog in there anyway. Mm. Don't go in there. And then we end things there. Eric Bischoff is on the ramp. Oh, and by the Shivani and Heenan are yucking up the fact that the wedding is like there's the, the wedding's fucked because there's no money. I officially had a better Vegas wedding than Sherry Martel. Well done. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> there's still a bit more to play out. Heenan made me laugh. He went, Where are they going to honeymoon? Pick a corner. <laughs> It's a good line, that. Well, he can't go far, can he? <laughs> yeah, great. Eric Bischoff's on the ramp. He invites his guest, Brian Pillman, out. Oh, and Bischoff is shitting himself. Yeah, because Pillman's threatening to say the seven deadly words that you can't say on TV. And every time Pillman opens his mouth and kind of does the, the Jake the Snake pause, he's and just... then he's going to kind of, you know, when you pause and you get suckered to leaning in and then he kind of snaps at you. Uh, every time that like Bischoff is just pulling that fucking microphone away as fast as he can. <laughs> he is just trying to get that mic away from him as fast as he can. And then he's like, oh, no, you're not saying it. Okay. Oh, he didn't swear. Okay. You, so every, the initial bit of Pillman's promo, it's like, it's just sort of like, well, let me tell you. So. <laughs> he's so nervous. It's great. Uh, incidentally, for those who are interested to know, um, shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Carlin. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, Pilburn addresses Orndorff and his concept of respect. He says, it's what pumps the ice water through the horseman's black heart. He says, I'm not Hogan, I'm not Savage, and I'm, I'm not Savage, and I'm not Sting. You're right, I'm Brian Pilburn. Don't you ever forget it. And I will teach you respect, even if I have to hack your thumbs off. <laughs> And the whole thing here is that respect has to be earned. The reason Arn slapped me was because of the respect he held for me. And, mm. you know, so it, it does line up because, you know, the horsemen don't have much except respect for each other, holding them together. Yeah. So, yeah, you can kind of spin that as, you know, he didn't think I was behaving in a way that was best for me. Exactly. So there's, 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 I quite like, I like Pillman's great. Pillman's yeah. brilliant. It's just, there's nothing, you can't even give notes. It's just, no, funny. he's just great to watch. Brilliant. Conan up next. He's taking Sorry, on Psychosis. Teenage Mutant Ninja Conan. What an outfit Conan has here. <laughs> Psychosis with his mid-90s boss music from like a, a side space shooter game. <laughs> and then out comes Conan to Eye of the Tiger with his full Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles get up on, basically. Uh, and then, yeah, he's got the AAA logo on the back of his shorts. And we're getting ready for some lucha. We've got Mike Tanay in the booth. Yeah. And he's trying to fill in all the gaps. For everybody watching along. And we're very glad of Tanae being out there. This is the in-ring debut in WCW, I believe, of Conan. Unless he'd done something on Saturday night, yeah. Oh, I think he did stuff in the past, but I think he's, this is the first I think clash. He popped up, what, two weeks ago? Uh, commentary, not commentary, like the... Yeah, he went to the yeah, commentary table. He went, hey, this is the Mexican Championship. I'm going to defend yeah. it against my rival, Psychosis. At Clash of the Champions, and seeing a bit. They kind of they do a bit of world building here. It's like you know, well, the, you know, the promotion Conan represents and Psychosis represents. That's where Eddie Guerrero came from before he was here, and mm. they're really trying to get over that this is you know a new crop of talent that they have now got their mitts on, and that they have a working relationship with said company. And so, if you like the exciting Daredevil styles of Eddie Guerrero. You ain't seen nothing yet. You're right, by the way. This isn't his first dalliance in Dub C Dub. He debuted for Star. <coughs> he debuted at Starcade 
1990, yeah. teaming with Rey Mysterio Sr. I was going to say... In the Pat O'Connor Memorial Cup. Because wasn't Conan like Rey, like somebody, like Rey Jr., sorry, like somebody who'd been wrestling since they were like 12, 13? Yes, so he, he actually... Well, he was... He was doing weight training like in his early teens. Yeah. And uh, De, Sa- De Los Santos uh, was a big fan of his like when he was 18 years old. And, it was, and he was basically told, look, you, you, you've taken on a life of crime here. You've been yeah. charged with assault, drugs selling, motorcycle theft, grand theft daughter. Why not just become a wrestler and make that your gimmick? <laughs> <laughs> he ends up joining the Navy off the back of this. But then yeah. from that, he gets into weight training and stuff like that. And it was... Uh, Carlos, uh, so De Los Santos, who saw Conan on his 24th birthday and said, that Charles Ashenoff, he should try the wrestling. And he did. And the rest is history. He became, yeah. he became El Centurion to start with. Was this around the time Conan the uh, where, because he's K-Dog, is this around the time where he calls WWF just to see what the crack is? And I believe he's patched through to Bruce Pritchard. I don't know if it's this time or slightly later. But he's patched through to Bruce Pritchard and he's like, hey man, it's K-Dog. And Pritchard's just like, uh-huh, yeah, send me a tape. Not realizing who it was. It it was and it led around. to this like bitter spat between them for a little bit. Quite but possibly. Mike Tanay putting over the fact that like, Conan is a big deal mm. in Mexico. He's not just a wrestler, guys. Like he's got an album. He, he's had bit parts in movies. He's getting TV roles. He's you know doing all this stuff. Like he's a real crossover sensation. So if Mexico loves him, you're going to love him. And bless him. He's just doing as much as he can to really put over the fact that audience is kind of new to all this. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good. By this point, we'd already seen him very briefly as part of the WWF. Mm. Uh, the Max Moon debacle! Uh, again, like WWF had a custom suit made for this wacky gimmick. I think he wore it once and Told then... Vince, are you sure you want me to wear this? Isn't this just Josh and Thunder Liger's gimmick? And Vince went, I have no idea what you're talking about, pal. And Conan's like, I worked a show that Vince co-promoted like three years earlier and Vince was openly chatting. To th- and there's a picture, I think, from the event of Lin- uh, Vince pointing down the ramp while Liger's making his entrance in full Liger gear. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince is like, never heard of him. Uh, Conan said to <laughs> WWE.com on why he left and didn't go back as Max Moon. He said, because I knew English, Vince assumed I knew how to wrestle American style. He put me in the ring with some American wrestlers, but I couldn't have good matches, so he let me bring wrestlers from Mexico to wrestle with me. They were even going to call me Latin Fury at one point. I didn't care what they were going to call me. I just thought it was a really cool looking outfit. Very futuristic. What ended up happening was, I started to get tired of lugging these boxes to WWF events. At the same time, business was starting to pick up for me in Mexico, so I left. You think they keep that shit on a crate? Yeah! Like, take your singlet, take, the, take the bits you're wrestling. have to lug this shite around. Because he'd have to, like, he'd have to put that whole box fucking, like, fiberglass or whatever the hell it was, like, suit on. Mm. Uh, but, like, he would take all that off to wrestle in, like, a more, like, latexy, leathery thing. Like, keep that. But, like, fucking, surely WWF would have taken the rest of it. Because, like, especially with that sort of stuff, if that gets broken... You can't just go to a shop and replace it. No. You got to get somebody to fucking cast it, to fix it, to do all the shit, repaint it. Because the whole thing was he was a spaceman from the future. <laughs> Bollocks. Absolutely <laughs> fucking. Conan in like a year's time is the coolest motherfucker in wrestling. God, like, yeah. Hands down, somehow in the middle of the NWO shit. Like Conan is just, you can't take your eyes off him. Everything he does, everybody he surrounds himself with, it's, it's just gold. It's Absolute gold, uh, and and he can wrestle an incredible Mexican style, and proves it here. Lucha yeah. Libre showcase, quick and technical. It feels different. Yeah, it's fast. It's deliberate. It, mm. It's just like reversey as fuck. 
but it does slow down a bit. Like the pace does kind of wear off, but y- you're getting kind of the crash course of Lucha. Like fast reversals, brutal takedowns, like mid reversal if there's a chance. Mm. You know, like being able to quickly stand up and go, no, in fact, but just do this instead. Like quick mind changes and uh yeah it's especially the initial phase is very lucha yeah we see uh multiple german suplexes yeah near the start as well as a catapult into an stf i mm-hmm. thought was nice uh top rope armed rope walk arm drags yeah. from conan um we see a dive outside the ring from psychosis uh conan recovers from that hits an avalanche german suplex now he looks like he's gonna go up top and then changes his mind and instead goes to the ground. I believe it's a standing figure four, yeah. complete with muscle pose. <laughs> that is the finish of this match. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, that's just like a little showcase. Mexican thing. world champion, man. Yeah, like... he does that and then psychosis taps out. Like, oh, I thought that'd be like a, a showboaty thing. Like, no, that's the actual finish. Oh, okay. That's how you get the additional torque. <laughs> it's just, you really got to get all those muscles going in your legs. Lovely showcase of Conan. Like, I'm, I would want more of this on my television. For sure. I, you know, by the time we get to the LWO, man. It, it, oh, man. Why have we got to sit through the fucking... We've got to go for, like, so long before this starts getting, like, unmissable. I don't know what you mean. We, we This quality all the way round. Let's go back to the Whitechapel! That's right. Sherry's getting changed in the back of a limo. Well, Sherry's feet are sticking out the window of a limo. <laughs> One with a shoe on. I thought we'd missed the wedding and gone straight to the honeymoon. Uh, Parker's request for money has gone from $50 to 30 he just needs 30 bucks, guys. He's, 30 bucks. He's hassling everybody. <laughs> Tries to get Sherry's purse. Yeah. And then Gene offers, he kind of butts his way and offers to give Sherry away. And she's ecstatic, bless her. She's like, of course. And he's like, we've known each other a long time. And he asks her and she's like, yeah. Uh, but we're doing the drive through wedding. It's all confirmed. Sherry's on board with it. Uh, and again, yeah, I had a better Vegas wedding than Sherry, and I feel like a princess because of it. Well, let's find out, because after the plug for the hotline, we go to the main <laughs> event of the wedding segments with Sherry walking towards the walking down the, the car park, looking like an alien queen from yeah. Xanadu. And uh, Gene's like, you know, arm in arm as he is. He's walking down the aisle or down the car park. And... <laughs> The you know the, the the wrestlers in attendance are singing uh, the the bridal march. Bunkhouse Buck, Dirty uh, Dick. <laughs> you tell me your wedding was better than Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick singing. Here comes the bride. But then Buck Jean's, has a little tear as well. Jean's like, so uh, where have you been? Like, obviously called you earlier, and she's like, I've not talked to Robert since Monday. <gasps> And he's like, yeah, but well, no, you must have talked to him because he called you earlier. And she's like, no, Gene, I've not spoke to Robert in like three days. Or like two days or something. And it's a bit like, "Uh uh-oh, shit. And then we get up to the does anyone object part. By the way, Mean Gene standing in the middle of them for the entire thing, pretty much. To the point where Colonel has to keep asking him to move out the way because all you can see is just Gene in the middle of this sea of people. Uh, You can't even see the woman at the window. (laughs) Uh, We get up to the does anyone object part. Nobody objects. And then we were cut to a mysterious reverse camera angle, which may explain why we couldn't see a close-up shot of the woman at the window. Because we see Colonel Robert Parker looking at us. We see Sherry Martell looking at us. Uh, and Sherry Martell's there. Colonel's there. They're looking, talking to each other, doing the wedding shit. And then the door of the, the trailer opens and out comes the angry dog. It is the angriest of dogs. The key does not appear to have been misplaced. <laughs> 
I think there's some shithousery afoot here. Five seconds after Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace. Why are WCW so shit at timing run-ins? It's Medusa who charges towards the wedding proce- procedure and... Sl- wedding procedure? Wedding, the wedding... Procession? Procession! <laughs> it was a procedure by this point. It fucking felt like she it. She slaps the taste no out of Sherry's mouth and they brawl on the catering table. They brawl on the, brawl on the tarmac. Former five-time world champion and WWE Hall of Famer Booker T attempts to split up Hall of Famer Medusa and Hall of Famer Sherry Martel, but slips over in cake <laughs> in an unintentionally hilarious moment of this whole bollocks. Medusa, though, Colonel, you dog. Yeah. You absolute dog. So it turns out that Rob Parker's been boinking Medusa as well. And everybody thought 96 was about who's the third man. It was actually about who's the little fried pie. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget that. That's Let's not reals. diminish that in wrestling history, everybody. Fuck the third man. He's a racist anyway. We're going to get down to the fact that we need to find out who the little fried pie is. The and this is it. You know, it's a one night show. mystery, but I mean, all timer. All it's timer. right at the top of all the lists, even today. <laughs> Buck and Dick take Medusa away, and we fade to commercial. Shivani and Heden have all the questions. Yeah, but not before. Hot Pockets, burn your mouth. Burn your <laughs> mouth with leaner Hot Pockets. That's burning your mouth, but leanly. And then we get Slip Jim. And then Don't burn your fighters. mouth, leanly. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, it's time for Michael Buffett to stand there and do the Let's Get Ready to Rumble, but with a W in front of it. Mm, yeah. Wombling. <laughs> Who's wombling in our main event of the evening? It is Ric Flair and the Giant, who are out first, accompanied by Jimmy, the gentleman, Jimmy Hart. Didn't know his surname was Gentleman. And then out comes Savage and Hogan. Hold on. To Hogan's let's, music. Let's, out comes in order. Sorry. Hulk, Hulk Hogan's Hogan. music, then Hulk Hogan. Then a lovely long pause. Then Randy Savage just kind of opens the curtain and shuffles through. Kevin Green gets a big <laughs> shout. Woman and assorted ladies out next. And then Savage's music hits. Yeah, because where the fuck's Big Liz? Here she is, mate. And it's really uncomfortable because, I mean, fucking hell, she's wearing the same outfit as Nancy. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Michael Buffer acts like he had no idea this was going to happen. It's very Ladies and gentlemen, wearing the same dress as Nancy. (laughs) Awkward as fuck. She's back. Very Hogan behavior. Just walks past her like, I can't believe you're wearing the same outfit as me. (laughs) I'm not taking you out now. She'd steal chair. Obviously, she just does. She plays the Miss Elizabeth part. She comes down to the ring. It's... It's not quite where we're going to see Liz end up in WCW, but it's certainly where, you know, because Liz is sort of in and around the main scene a lot through the the later 90s with Mm. the, you know, the the NWO and everything. But it's sort of, it's a new Liz. This isn't the same Elizabeth we've seen before. She's got slightly different hair. She's older now. She's not going to be presented in the same way she used to be, except for maybe these first few occasions yeah so it's, it's very kind of hey it's liz back everybody but slowly liz is going to become a more featured part of things and, and it's going to be a different liz but so we are going to see a new side of her something stay the same she looks as confused yeah. as ever yeah <laughs> she never looked comfortable it's no but i could you imagine like i if you were well no because you've done managing a shit before but if like if 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 i was just randomly you know oh can you come down to the ring with me like one of my mates, I'd just be like, 
Here I am. She doesn't know what the fuck to do. What am I doing? I think because she was always so meek and mild. There's not yeah. really much you can do. Until, you can't really high five. She no, but she was like the queen. She was least. the every woman though, wasn't she? She mm, was like, and there's, there's a whole thing of like, I think doesn't Heenan have a go about how she's dressed? And it's like, it, it's the whole thing. Like he says, oh, it's not how she used to dress. She used to uh, whatever the fuck. And it's like Liz was an average person in this extraordinary world. And that's why everybody kind of fell in love with Liz. Now she's big for her britches. Yeah, now she's big for her britches, Liz. Bitch. And it, it's, yeah, it's going to be a, a bitchier side to Liz we're going to see moving forward. <laughs> the psych out between all four teams sees at one point flag out of the microphone and tell Kevin Green he's going to get hurt on Sunday and blame me on the nature boy. <laughs> yeah, and then Kevin wow. Green gets out of the ring and he puts his jacket back on, which is a shame because he did look like one of the terrorists from Die Hard <laughs> for a little bit. And I was like, I'll oh, give him a German accent. Go on. Strong look. Have a whole Tron where you know, he, he's just running around some offices with like, you know, it's sort of like a big roll neck on and it's Christmas <laughs> and he's looking for John McCain who is uh, John McCain John McClain <laughs> John McCain he's looking for man, John McCain he's the man that invented the presidential candidate John McCain <laughs> John <laughs> just hiding around corners with no shoes on <laughs> I need to see a remake of Die Hard with John McCain in it now. John! I need to see it happen. Holding McCain oven oh. chips as well. Oh, as add to it. So John McCain, uh, nowhere to be seen as the match properly gets underway. Savage gets uh, starts hot, then he gets one-upped by the baddies because of course he does. Yeah. This leads to the giant getting a tag in and he wants to fight Hogan because fuck the world champion, I want to fight Hogan. Yeah, but then Fee-Fi-Fo boys, uh, sorry, Fee-Fi-Fo fun boys, I smell the Hulkster getting a big meaty tag. Hulkster <laughs> gets in uh and yeah so flair flair really at the start he just gets taken around the bases it's just kind of flair getting the fuck beaten out of him in a, an overly comical way they redo the hogan andre bit from mania with hogan failing to slam the big lad and it leads to hogan getting a beating for a long time <laughs> not before bobby kind of denies hogan ever slammed andre <laughs> yeah, I don't and know he's like well you know there was there was also like a two count there that didn't get like the referee didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> he then as after missing a leg drop, Giant misses the leg drop, Hogan gets up and hits the slam. He slams the Giant. A spot that was the highlight of WrestleMania 3 is basically an attempt at a hope spot during a tag match because fuck you, I'm Hogan. Flair gets tagged in immediately after this and gives Hogan a suplex and Hogan whoop, pops up, beats up Flair for a little bit. It's go home time. It nearly is. The match breaks down. Giant getting his revenge on Hogan and squeezing him outside the ring. Half half a Halloween Havoc bum in there. Flair gets thrown off the top rope by Hogan. Hot tags to Savage. Match falls apart again. Hogan and Giant are brawling outside the ring. Ref's distracted by Jimmy Hart and Flair has himself a weapon. He just starts reaching into his pants and then he pulls out something that's all taped. So mm. knocks, obviously. He clobbers Savage with said item and pins Savage, the WCW world champion. Just want to say this match was also brought to you by McDonald's. So both McDonald's segments tonight were complete shit fests. (laughs) Uh, You deserve it, Ray. I really hope your corporation got their money's worth on this one. You bastard. Kevin Green is explaining to the referee what happened, but the Dungeon of the Doom and flying Brian Pillman at the ring. <laughs> the referee our... doesn't give a shit. He's like, what? Mate, I'm more than a job worth. The music's fucking playing, man. It's too late now. I'm going out. I'm off shift, mate. <laughs> I got my money before the fucking show. What are they going to do? Green uh, <laughs> helps Hogan beat up the baddies as Savage, the WCW world champion, is just out on the floor. Lacky, Rolling around, knackered. holding his head. 
uh, the Kevin Green bit got a lot of press in USA today. As it would. As it would. Yeah. Nice shout by WC Dub. But fuck Savage, just be left to be the, the patsy in all of this. Miss Elizabeth gives him like a sympathy raising of the hand. Yeah, you know she kinda, went home they, with Hogan they, that they, night. They raise his hands up and then we just kind of go off and then it's sort of like oh fireworks something's happening end. backstage my favorite thing was the fireworks went too early i think because there's just one firework blast over like randy doing that it's just like one firework blast like bang <laughs> and then you cut out to the wide it's like something planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's happening backstage? And then they go, bah, 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 bah. It's like, oh, we've not got time. Oh. I want to think that was a rib by Heenan. So I said, I don't know, fuck you lot. So that's the clash. It was an all right show, you know. It wasn't like, it, it wasn't was terrible. It was, I think because Nitro has been so turgid for the last couple of weeks. This, yeah. this felt like a, this felt like taking a nice, a nice, a nice bit of a, a soft mint in the yeah, mouth. Yeah, it was like eating a peppermint patty or, uh, uh, yeah. It was rather, wasn't it? It was rather. Peppermint. It was how you feel when you chew five gum. Nice. Five gum sponsorship would be nice. It would be. Nice. We'll Give be us some gum, you bastards. We'll be back next week with another <laughs> classic Raw review. Sorry, another classic Nitro review. Yes. Easy Tiger. I know. Ooh, Putting me on that shite. They got a business. <laughs> What's the point? Until our next back together, you can reach out classic at goldaholic.com. He is at the South Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Goldaholic on Twitter. Double We're on producer Anal Beans. Anal Beans. <laughs> For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.